630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. 12-9, the Eskimos lead. Two minutes to play on this one. Eskimo football as Riley takes the snap, looks to the right side, throws, it's intercepted. It's going the distance. Willie Jefferson. Touchdown, Riders. That's the play that swung the game yesterday in Regina. A pick six by former Eskimo Willie Jefferson turned a 12-9 Eskimo lead with less than three minutes to go into a 19-12 Saskatchewan win over the Eskimos. The green and gold fall to 7-8 and eight on the season and last place in the CFL West. At least for the time being, they are below the playoff cut line. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. My name's Morley Scott. Spent some time this afternoon with the Eskimos head coach, and no surprise, a loss and a loss the way it happened still stings. No, it sucks. It still sucks, but it's a new day, and uh, we still have a lot to play for, and we got a big week coming up. So I think the best thing that could happen to us is that we're playing this quick and got a, such a great turnaround, and we're playing at home again. So, you know, as much as that game, you know, was in the. You know, in our grasp uh, to finish it off, and, and the way we lost is devastating. You got to move on, and uh, that's going to be the focus this week. Let's kind of talk about that in the grasp. I guess that maybe is one of the most frustrating things about this whole stretch. Uh, a lot of the games that you've lost this year, you've you've had the lead at half, or you've had the lead in the fourth, or you've been within a one play in the fourth of, of taking the league, and it's kind of just slipped away from you in all those games. Yeah, and that's what's disappointing, and that's what's also encouraging. I mean, to be in all those games. Games, to have an opportunity to win those games, that's what you want. That's what you work for every week. Um, you know, the games haven't come out in our decision or the way we've wanted to, a majority of them, but they've been battles and they've been good battles. And, you know, when you come out on the short end of the stick like we did this week, the way we did this week is hard to, to, <laughs> to get over. Uh, but again, that's our jobs. We have to get over it. We have to move on. And more than anything, hopefully this loss makes us again refocus get closer because this is where it starts to get really difficult when when you're not getting success people start to wonder why too much and you want to nip that in the bud and just say hey stick together work harder and let's focus on the things we can control right now and there's a lot of that we can do let's go to the pivotal play yesterday a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter and, and the pick six which which won it for saskatchewan tell me first off about the play and the way you saw it and then about the challenge and any explanation you got about the possible roughing the passer play well the play i mean it's a second and five and we throw we look to throw a slant into the boundary to Vidal and um, you know they do a good job overloading the one side and we make a good call to bring our old lineman over there and you know not everybody goes exactly perfectly so they get a little pressure inside and Mike's throwing it with pressure in his face um, and Jefferson had been on the line he rushed hard and then moved over late and with the pressure in Mike's face Mike didn't see him as cleanly as he probably would have if there was no one in his lap um, and he probably would have held it like he did on a couple other plays 
and maybe the worst case scenario is we just take a sack, you know. But he throws it because he feels pressure and he knows where Vidal is going to be. And Willie Jefferson, I mean, <laughs> he's arguably the best end in the league, definitely the most athletic guy in the league at that position. And he makes an incredible catch and pick six us, uh, pick six on us, and you know, totally totally turns the game and the momentum around. We still had a minute and some to go to rectify that, and we just didn't. But as far as challenging it. I mean, I asked upstairs right away, did the, was it, I didn't even ask upstairs. Mike came off to me and said he got hit in the face. And Mike's tough as nails. And Mike doesn't complain about nothing, doesn't say anything. But when Mike says, hey, I got hit right in the face. And at that point you say, okay, can the guys upstairs look at it? They looked at it. I saw the Jumbotron and all I had to do was take one look. Yeah. And it was clear as day to me. And I watched it this morning and, you know, I, <laughs> blew it up on our screen and looked at it and the guy's feet are off the ground he's on his tippy toes one foot's off the ground so that means you're launching yourself high at somebody's body not trying to stay keep all your momentum down and try to hit him in the chest and it sure looked like to me on the video that i saw on the, on the sideline on film this morning that it was helmet to helmet a helmet hit a helmet and the fact of the matter is, that's happened in that same scenario twice in Ottawa with the same player. So I know that's what happens. And both of those were called roughing the passer. So I have yet to get a full explanation from the league explaining what they saw and why they did not call it. My only problem with the whole thing is it took them quite a long time to make that decision. And I would always just assume that if you're taking a long time to make a decision, that means you saw something that could have been construed as roughing the passer. And if that's the case, generally speaking, you protect quarterbacks in this league. So you would have called it roughing the passer. I'm not quite sure why it wasn't called. Do you get, and I know it, it doesn't matter now because it's, it's passed and it's, and it's not going to change, but do you get any uh, feedback from the league about it? Uh, what did you hear from Al Bradbury yesterday? And do you guys go to the league about it and say, why was this not called, just to get the clarification? Yeah, we went to the league. We talked to Darren Hackwood, who's the head of officiating, and asked him to look at the play and give us his, his uh, reasoning or give us the guy who looked at the play's reasoning for not calling it. I have yet to hear back on that. Um, but, I mean, that's what we do in our league. I mean, not everyone's perfect, and not every situation's easy, cut, and dry. So I just want to hear an explanation. That's all I'm saying. I said, from my perspective, my vantage point, I threw a challenge. You took five minutes to, lo over, to look at it, which is a long time to look at something, and there had to have been a reason that you called it not. I have yet to see an angle to see anything that would tell me that it shouldn't have been called, but maybe they saw something I didn't see. I just need an explanation so I can go forward with it. But the game's done. The game's done. So, you know, it's, there's no matter to worry about it. I just would like an explanation more than anything, and I'll get one at some point. And, you know, the, the league, you know, has their ways of going about that. Uh, the biggest positive of the game yesterday, I think, clearing away your defense. I mean, uh, and, and they've been a, a pretty big positive, I think, at least since Labor Day, where they've made a lot of big plays. They've really held the fort inside the red zone a lot. Uh, a little bit on, from you on the, on the way they're playing and the way that, you know, you're struggling to get points right now, and they're giving you at least the opportunity to win games because of the way they're playing. Yeah, they've been incredible. I mean, anytime you can three-game stretch, hold three teams with only two touchdowns and the limited number of field goals everyone's gotten on us, uh, hold the team to nine points on offense, you'd expect to win that game. Um, you know, and, you know, they're, they're playing outstanding football. They're playing together, playing as a unit, all backfield, the linebackers, the D-line, the communication is so great. They do a lot of different things, you know, and they're playing 
well together, and, and that's the thing. They're getting after the quarterback. They're tackling hard. They're playing physical. They're playing aggressive. Um, they're getting after guys. They're playing with confidence. Um, younger guys are stepping up. Older guys are stepping up. They're fun to watch right now, and um, they're giving us a chance to win every game. You know, the one thing about football is it's a team sport so it's not just one phase that helps you it's all three phases that need to play well to win right now our offense the one thing about our offense right now is we're struggling hanging on to the ball if I could if I could ask for one request it would be that we don't turn over the ball in a game and see what happens because lately that's to me I've been our Achilles heel is we've turned over the ball we're minus nine I believe in turnovers over the last three games you don't win very many games when you're minus nine um, in, in three game stretch and you don't win very many when you have opportunities to score, and they keep happening in score zone areas. So this game, two of our two of our turnovers were in the score zone area, and a third was directly resulted in six points against us or seven. So you know it's hard to win ball games when you have 10, 13 point swings in games that are tight, that are tight like this game was. And you know by all by all rights and by all feelings for us, you know I know they missed two field goals, but uh, you know we had. Two interceptions taken away, so it had been an even. It would still been a close game. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I just like to see us play all 60 minutes, all three phases, and see what happens. Because when we play, you know, two or three phases, one or three phases really well, you know, we're still in all those games. And it'd just be nice for once for, you know, all three phases to play complimentary football for 60 minutes together. Uh, you said on our post game show last night that the game in Regina did not feel like the Winnipeg game. You felt like you offensively you played a lot better. Now, obviously, it didn't, it, you moved the ball better. You put more points up. Um, nice to at least know that you took some steps and you're maybe making some strides and you're trying to you know, move forward a little bit, getting some traction possibly and getting the offense going. Yeah, I mean, against Winnipeg, we didn't give ourselves a chance, give ourselves an opportunity. I mean, nothing went right. You know, we seemingly were pretty helpless. They they just took it to us all night long, you know, and, and that's not a good feeling. You know, we never got into score zone area, never on the positive side of the field very much. You know, this game we were well, quite a bit, and we were moving the ball and feeling good about our production. You know, did we give up some plays? Sure. Um, did we, you know, make plays? Yes. Did we make enough? No. But, you know, the turnovers to me were the biggest problem in this game. And, again, <laughs> there's – Three, three of them, and they all happen for different reasons and different uh, outcomes from different uh, different things happening. So, again, I didn't feel like this was a helpless team that we just couldn't do anything against, and or we were helpless and just couldn't get anything going. I felt like we were, were putting together some pretty good plays, um, you know. But we'd have a setback, and it'd be a catastrophic setback. And you know, that's the thing that I'd like to to see curtailed in the next week. Uh, is it execution more than anything, it seems? Uh, because, you know, we've gone over this a lot, and I know it must be driving you crazy because you've, you seem to have the tools and you got the system in place, and it's just execution right now that's killing you offensively? Well, details. Details are killing us offensively. So, you know, when we say to run a route at 14 yards and you want to run it at 17 yards and we're in the red zone and the quarterback throws it on time and you're not out of your break yet, yeah, there's an issue. And what should be a touchdown turns into an incomplete and turns into a field goal. When you're supposed to run a 14-yard corner route and keep it high as an angle and you flatten it off and the quarterback throws it high and you have to adjust extremely well to get to the ball, if you would have just ran it high, we'd be good. When we tell you to run a corner route and you decide to run an under route and the quarterback takes three and a hitch to throw it to you and you're not nowhere to be found, there's issues. So it's really the details that are hurting offense, our offense, and it's 
if it was one guy doing it, I'd change the guy out right now. But it's everybody taking their turn, and it's hard to change your whole offensive unit out. So everybody has to step their game up, their attention to detail, their focus, their preparation. The receivers need to spend more time with Mike Riley in the building at the end of the day. That's what first and foremost needs to happen. They need to spend more time understanding why we're throwing things, putting things in, so that they can get a grasp of what he's looking at. You know, it's uh, a collective group effort that needs to be better. And, but it's details, details, details. That leads to execution. But even when you have details and you have execution, turnovers are still with our number one priority on our offense is protect the ball. I would say protect the quarterback first, but <clears throat> right now it's protect the ball. Mike can take care of himself. We need to protect the goddamn ball. You're listening to The Coach's Show with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss for Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name is Morley Scott. This is 630 Chad. We've got more when we come back. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Back with the coach on the Coaches Show. Jason, uh, Mike Riley's been here since 2013. These last three games are probably the least productive games offensively that he's uh, he's been the quarterback for with the Eskimos. You know from when you played and from when you coached, the quarterback, as the saying goes, gets more credit than he deserves when they're going well and more blame than he deserves when they're not going well. Assess his game maybe especially the last three weeks during this stretch. Well, I mean, I... He, it's never as good, it's never as bad when you look at film. I mean, what everyone outside doesn't understand is what we get in this room. So, you know, are we more critical on Mike when we break things down with him? Yes, we stress every detail to him of what he needs to improve upon and what he needs to do. The fact of the matter is I think he's still playing very good football. I think he needs some help around him a little bit. These guys need to, to step up their game. Um, but there's things that Mike can improve upon as well. His footwork from this game has to improve. Um, it'll help some of his accuracy, uh, which will help put the ball in, in some easier spots for receivers to get to. But uh, offense is one of those things, and it, and it is a saying. You know, the quarterback gets too much credit, gets too much blame. And when our offense isn't productive, I'm going to get blamed as the offensive coordinator. He's going to get blamed as the quarterback. But the facts are the fact. We watch when we watch film. There's there's things happening around Mike that's not giving us a chance to be successful either. Um, he's playing his part in that is some. I'm playing my part in not getting the guys prepared well enough, but it's a collective group effort of why you're not successful. So um, I don't ever, I would never pin this on the quarterback. I would never pin it on any one of our players. It's a collective group effort that we need to all be better. We need to pay mind, more mind to our details, pay more mind to our prep, and, on, and for that, it, execution will follow. But uh, Mike, to me, is the guy. He always will be the guy. He will play better. I know that. If people around him and us as coaching staff get everyone to get get better on the same page. As long as you've been a head coach, is this maybe with what's going on? We all know the numbers the last few weeks, the lack of touchdowns, the lack of fourth quarter productions. As an offensive coordinator, as a head coach, is this the biggest challenge you faced in your young coaching career so far? Well, I think last year facing as many injuries we had was probably as hard as it will ever be. Um, right now, this is fixable. I know that. I just watch everything. I look at everything, and I know that there's lots of things that we can improve on offensively. And again, it's little things. It's not big things. And sometimes 
sometimes it's a belief in what we're doing that uh, can make it right as well. So sometimes, you know, you get catch yourself worrying about things you can't control and you don't need to worry about, you know, and those are little things, but they all add up. So, you know, is it challenging? Yes. Is it something I'm looking forward to fixing? Absolutely. Um, but I think it's a collective effort to fix it. So our, all our coaches will do better. You know, we'll do better uh, getting our players to be more ready and prepared. And then ultimately it then still comes down to them running the route, catching the ball, throwing it, blocking, and all those little things. Um, but I really feel confident that we're about to turn the corner and it's going to happen this week. Is it too soon to get a read on your team's mindset this week going into the game against Ottawa? Uh, I don't know how much you've met with them since the game uh, yesterday, but what kind of mental attitude do you expect and how important is that going forward? Well, I'll just say this, having our, our team meeting today, you know, and get, getting out there what we needed to get out and then talking to our offense um, more than anything needed to happen and make them understand that, you know, there's going to be a lot of outside noise that you don't need to listen to. I'll listen to it. I'll be the one that answers for it. Don't you guys worry yourself about that. Worry about doing your jobs, coming together and coming closer because that's what happens is this time of year when things are looking really rough, your true character is revealed. People from the outside start looking in and start trying to uh, splinter you and you need to stay tough and stay together and you know that's what the focus more was on and I think our guys get it they understand it this is what's going to ultimately make us a better football team when we need it to when we need to be and that's now you have a pretty battle-tested group going back to the the core guys that were here in 2015 that won a great cup to the guys who went through that horrific injury situation last year to the guys who are going through this that's I guess the one thing you have you know they can do it for the most part yeah, I mean, we've proved it. I mean, like I said, you take out the Winnipeg game and the Hamilton game at home and you name us a team, name us a game that we haven't been in, that we didn't have a chance to win it at the end. Now, we need to start doing that, and that needs to start this week with Ottawa. We, we need to win this game. So um, we need that needs to be our focus, our sole focus, our only focus. And, you know, it needs to just be on us. Uh, our group needs to come together, uh, kind of enough's enough, backs are against the wall. You come out and play good football and see what that happens. Because right now, as of late, we haven't played as good as we can play, and I know there's room for improvement, and we're going to improve. The loss in Ottawa obviously still fresh in your mind just a couple of weeks back. What did you learn about the Red Blacks, or what did you have reaffirmed about the Red Blacks as you go into this game? Well, I mean, they're obviously offensively, you got to, it starts stopping their run and, and, and taking out the receivers and getting pressure on Trevor. I think you you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage of them. That's basically what you need to do, because controlling the line of scrimmage stops both of that. It stops the run and, and puts pressure on Trevor. Um, you need got to play sound coverage against them. They got good schemes, and uh, you got to understand what they're trying to attack um, and play great defense against them. Special teams, it, it's it's got to be like it was this week against SAS. We got to match them, mano and mano. We played. I feel feel like SAS is one of the best teams in the league. It's special teams, and we matched them tit for tat. So you know, our guys got to do the same. Come out with a lot of intensity, be able to take it to them, um, and then offensively, we got to drive the ball. We got to be able to make plays when they're there. We got to be able to hold on to the ball, keep their offense off the field, and. Uh, score points and last time it came down to you know they were scoring field goals we were scoring touchdowns and we were right there to score another touchdown and, and get that game and we turned the ball over so again it still comes down to playing sound good football holding on to it protecting it and controlling our line of scrimmage so that we can run it and do what we want to do at will 
through all of what's gone wrong over the last, I guess, seven or eight weeks, uh, you still control your own destiny for the most part. You got two of your three games at home, two of your three games against teams you're fighting for a playoff spot with. So it basically comes down to just, you know, win some football games, make plays, and, and you're, you're going to be where you need to be uh, come November. Yeah, I mean, the, the first goal of the year is to win, to get to playoffs. And, you know, it starts with one game. And we're, I, I don't give a crap about the rest of the games this year. It's this one I worry the most about. We got to take care of business against Ottawa at home and the rest will take care of itself. Um, this team needs a win. They need it desperately. They need to feel what it's like to win again and play good football doing it. I think once we do that, it'll set the tone for the rest because we've gone through a lot. We've, we've definitely you know, seen, seen it on both sides. You know, We've played really well at times and then you know, not good enough at other times, but all those games have been tight and close. So like you said earlier, we're battle-tested. You know, Down the stretch, we just need a win. Eskimos and Red Blacks coming up Saturday. It's a 3 o'clock start on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Doubleheader here on 6.30, Chet Oilers and Rangers before. Uh, we'll have our pregame show starting around 2.30. Kickoff at 3. Jason, as always, thanks for your time and best of luck this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.